Great to have everybody here. I want to share with you a, a, a brief word tonight that'll be uh, powerful and uh, it'll affect you in a, in, in a very positive way. Uh, I want to look at a couple scriptures, not surprisingly, in the book of Luke and the very first chapter, Luke chapter 1. And, uh, and again, drop this word into your heart. I believe it'll produce good results. How many know that the truth makes you free? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You, you know, God has a, had a master plan to bring Jesus into the world. And, and that plan was very complex, if you will. There was a lot of mystery to it, at least in those days. We see now with eyes wide open, the mystery's been revealed. But people didn't know exactly how this was going to take place. The disciples never figured it out when Jesus talked about going to the cross and and all that. But uh, the Lord prophesied it for many, many, even thousands of years through various individuals. Even after the fall of man, it was originally and initially stated how the seed of the woman would bruise that head of that serpent which, as you know, represented Satan and his authority. And so the Lord began to speak into the earth. He began to set up his plan to redeem mankind from sin. And all the prophets of old and the Old Testament would begin to give us details and insights and declare what would happen when, it, when, when basically Jesus, as we know from this side of the cross, would come and redeem us from our sins. The Bible calls it this in the book of Galatians, when the fullness of time came, uh, God sent His Son, of course, uh, born of a woman under the law. But there's something that's very interesting when it comes to God's work in the earth and how He works in our lives. How many know it's not just a one-sided event where God speaks, God moves, God acts, God wills, and it's done. There is always a combination of God speaks and then there is a person who must choose to receive what God says. There is an individual who must believe in what the the promise of God is. And when that combination comes together, there is an explosion of God's grace and of God's plan and His will in the earth. And that absolutely was the case with the coming of the Lord Jesus. It wasn't just all God. He needed some cooperation from some individuals, not only the prophets of the Old Testament, not only those who who would speak and declare what God was going to do, but when it came to the actual time, it's like it is time for Jesus to be made flesh, for God to dwell among us, and for Him to uh, be the Savior of the world. All right, here we go again. We've got to have some individuals that will participate in God's plan. I want to share with you briefly tonight about two of them. Two individuals. One of them did it wrong. God had to quickly step in. And the other one did it right. And now we've been freed from sin. Okay? If we look over here at the book of Luke, the first one is an individual named Zacharias. He almost messed this up. I tell you, he he got in the way. And thank God he figured out how how to get around him too. All right. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 13, it reads, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. 
for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to quote turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, how many know that's a pretty strong word there? I mean, that's a, it's powerful, it's dramatic, it's spectacular, it's delivered by an angel. It, the, the, the word going forward is a great word. I mean, an impressive word from God about what was going to happen. I mean, how many would like to have some pretty cool prophecies about your kids? They're going to be great in the sight of the Lord. They're going to do great things and many are going to be changed as a result of them. That's an awesome, powerful word Zacharias got from the Lord through this angel. But look how he responded. Watch, watch verse 18. And Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Now, if you stop right there, that might seem, people might think, well, that's not so bad of a question. I mean, that's a logical question. But you, you can see by how, uh, by the verses following that that was not an acceptable answer, right? But note, notice, notice what he did. He immediately asked a question. It wasn't one of faith, but it was one of unbelief, okay? Verse 19, and the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you, to bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe the words which will be fulfilled in their own time. I don't know if we can exactly read that and see exactly how it was stated, but I think it wasn't stated in a real sweet tone at that point. The first part was positive, uplifting, oh yeah. The second point was, do you know who's talking to you here? Because he was questioning the word of the Lord delivered by this angel. And it, it, it didn't sit well with the angel. He said, do you know who I am? And he told him who he was. But listen, look what, look what happened here. Because of Zacharias' response to the word of the Lord, that could have hindered the plan of God. It could have prevented John the Baptist from preparing the way for Jesus to come six months later. Right? If that weren't the case, why even bother with the heavy-duty correction and why do we have to shut your mouth? You see, how many know unbelief just as well as faith has its primary release through the spoken word. Someone has a heart full of faith and they speak, man, it creates changed realities. But someone has a heart full of unbelief, they do not receive the word of the Lord and they speak, it is a direct hindrance to what God wants to do. And this was kind of like real important here. Huh? This is one of those really important things. I don't know about you, but I haven't had that kind of word where I felt like what I say, what I believe is going to hinder the whole plan of God from coming to pass in the earth. The salvation of mankind. That hasn't come to me, hasn't come to you, but this one of those was one of those situations. Most of the time, God doesn't have to shut us up. He might encourage us to put a lid on it, 
right? He might encourage us to stop and think before we speak. But in this case, because it had to do with the Messiah and the coming of the Lord Jesus, he absolutely, absolutely had to stop Zacharias from speaking his unbelief. And so he shut him down. You can see uh, how, how um, his response was not of faith. And those things matter with God. It's interesting his response here because Zacharias immediately went from the word of the Lord, which was outstanding, to thinking about how in the world can this happen. He said, well, watch what he said. He said, but I'm old, right? And my wife, she's advanced in years. You can tell he'd been around a while, huh? He'd say, I'm old and my wife, she's old. Gave her a little bit of di- diplomacy there. I'm old. She's advanced in years. <laughs> but, but you can see what's going on here. What, what is this? He's immediately trying to reason out how in the world what God said could really be true. How can this happen? And he goes immediately to, to, to trying to figure everything out to, um, to determine from a natural viewpoint how God's word could be true. And that is unbelief. That is something that needs to stop. I don't know if if you've ever found yourself doing that. You find a promise from God. You find a thus saith the Lord in here. Or he speaks to your heart. And immediately you find all kinds of reasons in your mind why it can't happen. Why it's not going to happen. Why it's not going to be true. Maybe, maybe you've got a reason, maybe it's age, but maybe it's a, it's a report that is evil. Maybe it's a diagnosis that goes contrary to God's promise. Maybe, maybe it's a, a financial thing. You've been, had a financial you know, downturn or a layoff or a loss in some area, and you read about God providing your needs abundantly and Him filling your life with good things, and, and it just doesn't seem like it can be right. But there is a proper response and there is a wrong response. And when it, when it comes to a negative report, that's the time to keep a lid on it. <laughs> when it comes to thus saith the Lord, that's the time to, to respond in a positive way. How many know both faith and unbelief head straight for the mouth when they exist in the heart? We were designed to operate this way. That whatever is in us, it's trying to get out. It's going to try to make your mouth speak. Huh? And if we and if and if we're full of faith, praise God, the right things come out, and it creates the present reality that we live in and exist in. Now, if we go from that story then to the next person, there's Zacharias. Wrong response. God stepped in and got his thing done anyway. Uh, but then there was another person. Can you think of another significant character in these times and these days that might have a part in the fulfillment of? all the prophecies that would be Mary and that's that's verse 26 it reads now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David the virgin's name was Mary and having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one the Lord is with you blessed are you among women but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name 
Jesus. He will be great and we will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now think about that word. I mean, Zacharias got a pretty good word for his kid. Right? And now Mary, getting a pretty good word here. I mean, kind of hard to figure out, no doubt. But the word... I mean, that's a powerful word. That is an outstanding, that's a different word than anyone else has ever received, right? And, uh, but, but look at her response now. Her response to this word of the Lord. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? Now, right off the top here, you might think, well, that doesn't sound so bad. That sounds kind of similar to what Zacharias said. But how many know by the response to their statements, we recognize and can see what was really in the heart behind their statements? Everybody with me? Okay. You can see by revelation of how the angel responded to these, what was happening inside. His was one of unbelief, but hers was one of faith. Watch. Verse 35, Then the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. That's a good word, huh? Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, then Mary said, verse 38, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. What's she saying? She said, I'm here at your service. I am here to do your will. I am serving you. Look, here I am, here to serve you. He, she went on to say, let it be to me according to your word. Now, did she know, could she explain, could she figure out now after this little explanation how in the world someone was going to have a child as a virgin and it was going to be called the Son of God? And was she able to, to, to explain and figure all this out? You, you guys are quiet tonight. Come on now. This is a... Okay, no, 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 no. The answer is no. <laughs> but listen to what she said anyway. Be it unto me according to your word and the angel departed from her this is a powerful thing think about it now someone said well that's kind of rude the angel departed she didn't she give a good answer she beat unto me according to your word the angel's gone why is the angel gone because there's nothing else he needs to do that word was received and it was believed and therefore the plan of god was set into motion see what you don't want is the angel to stick around because then sometimes you go mute right <laughs> The angel didn't finish in the other situation. He had to take care of some business. But in this situation, you want the angel to go away. And that's a good sign. It's not a, not a bad sign. She believed, and that was exactly what she was supposed to do. Now, nothing else has to be done. The plan of God is set in motion. Praise God. And so, Mary's question again was not a question of unbelief, but but rather just talking to Gabriel and asking how, meaning because she had not known a man, how is this going to happen? Uh, but this phrase, let it be to me according to your word, is an important phrase for us as well. That is the language of faith. 
It is the language of receiving what the Lord says, giving the Lord then access to carry it out or make it happen in our lives. We have the choice. We have an opportunity to respond one way or another way whenever we hear a promise from God or a directive from from God. We have an opportunity to respond and say, well, that doesn't make sense. Or how in the world is that going to happen? Or, you know, a, a myriad of wrong answers. Or we can say, hmm, wow, your head might be spinning a little bit. But you say, okay, be it unto me according to that word. I mean, whether that's a word uh, concerning your, your finances and your provision, a promise from God for your health or your family, your peace, your well-being, your protection in this life. There is a proper response that sends the angel away, meaning he's done, everything's fine. And that is, I accept that word. I believe it, no matter if I can figure it out or explain it or not. I believe what thus saith the Lord, and so it's going to be well with me. Be it unto me according to, to uh, your word. Amen. What, what, what transpired as a result of her saying that? In theological terms, it's called the incarnation. It is the most miraculous and amazing event in history. It is called God becoming one of us. And God became flesh and dwelt among us. What triggered that? Be it unto me according to your word. And what was the final end result of that? Not only God becoming flesh, but ultimately it was the salvation of our lives, redeemed from sin, because someone said, be it unto me according to your word. Now, I don't know if I look at the the two main characters here, Zechariah, not to rule out Elizabeth and her prayers and all that, but Zacharias is the one the angel spoke to, and then Mary. I, I don't know if, if because Zacharias responded one way and Mary responded another way, if that's why, you know, later Jesus was filled and he received the Holy Spirit to do ministry and, 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 and John became a Baptist. I don't know if that's, I mean, there's rumors there, but that, that might not be true. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, do, I do know this. That it would be important for you and it would be important for me to always take a look at our response to what thus says the Lord. Because what's on the other side of it, man, I can't measure the importance of it. I don't know, looking from this side of it, how much a person's life is going to be dramatically and radically changed by saying, I received that word. That's true for me. Be it unto me according to that word. Let it be in my life just like the word of God says. Or the person who questions, the person who says, how is this going to be? And inside it's coming from a heart of unbelief. What is the potential that someone is turning away from by resisting a word from God? Amen, amen. I tell you, the Lord wants to do some good things in our lives today as well. Jesus came and he showed us how this works, but you can see God's plan and how it comes to, how it comes to pass in people's lives. It begins with a word, and that word must be received, it must be believed, and then God goes to work bringing to pass his plan in their lives. Amen. Father, tonight we're so thankful, so grateful for you, 
so thankful for the presence of Almighty God in our lives. And Lord, we purpose in our hearts today that whenever we read in your word, whenever we hear from your spirit, whether it's through the the messenger of an angel or whether it's through the written page or some other way, we purpose in our hearts to be receptive, to be believing and to receive what you say. Lord, you see the future. You see everything that will happen as we believe. You you see everything we're missing out on if we don't. And so we purpose in our hearts to trust you today, to believe and receive whatever you say. Thank you for helping us, for strengthening our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.